0: What's going on? Jared, oh, stop the music there. Technical difficulties. Jared Atkins coming to you live. I am freshly back from a work trip to Davenport, Iowa. Uh, going to be doing a little solo shot here on a uh, Monday afternoon. Kirk Kelly is still at work. Kirk Kelly and I will be together, God willing, this weekend to record a full-length episode. But, uh, I got some stuff I want to talk about. Uh, I wanted to earlier this week, and obviously I wasn't going to take $800 worth of recording equipment with me on a business trip. I was just going to do a, uh, a quick episode on my phone like I do sometimes, like I'm doing right now. Testing out my new wireless earbuds, by the way. Really kicking ass, but, uh. I was wanting to do a Alexander Yusick Anthony Joshua. I was wanting to do a pre-fight podcast, breaking it down. Uh, just could not materialize. We had a we had a good work trip. We worked hard, but we also played hard, and uh, I just couldn't get my shit together to get it done. We got back from Davenport, Iowa, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. I had the kids. And, uh, so we're going to do a post-fight kind of breakdown now, and we're going to mix in some of the notes I've got right here in my hand that I hand-wrote, and, uh, with some, uh, post-fight recap stuff, so we're just going to do a hybrid episode. Uh, this was the, uh, Rage on the Red Sea, got that, you know, I always use that reference, got that Saudi Arabia blood money going into this thing, and, um, you know, I've been I've been talking for months, uh, ever since back in February and March when Kurt and I first had the idea to first start doing weeknight episodes just to get more mileage out of the podcast, and I had brought up some boxing stuff, I, I had made reference to what I felt were the five biggest fights of the year. Well, after this fight is over now, that was a really dumb thing to say, after the this fight has occurred, I don't know how I want to say it. We have one. We have one fight left, as far as as far as the biggest fights of the year ago in my mind, and that is Canelo Triple G Part Three, uh, a little less than a month from now. The trilogy of all trilogies. Move aside, Ali Frazier. Move aside, uh, Fury Waller. Like, um, so yeah. But anyways, uh, this fight was a rematch from uh, eleven months ago. Okay, this this was uh, back in September last year. Usyk beat Anthony Joshua in twelve rounds for the WBA, IBF, and WBO heavyweight titles. Well, this fight that went down Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, I should say, in Saudi Arabia, this was for the WBO, the WBA, the IBF titles. Usyk was defending, but this was also for the newly vacant the ring championship belt as well the ring belt's the really ugly one I think it's the really small one that's got like the uh the fucked up looking strap and just anyways so how this fight goes down how we get here uh was fighting in the cruiserweight division just you know about four years ago I think three or four years ago uh he made the jump to heavyweight in 2019 And with some pretty convincing victories over Chaz Weatherspoon and Derek Chisra. I remember, uh, because like I said, you know, the rise of MMA and the UFC has pretty much killed boxing. Like, boxing is dead. Or it has been dead for a while. But in the last few years, boxing is starting to make a comeback. I fully believe that. Um... But I remember at the time, I've always kind of been a boxing fan. I remember when I seen Yusick was making the jump, I was like, this guy's going to get pancaked in the heavyweight division. Not at all what happened. So, now if you look at Anthony Joshua, um, he's had a rough way to go to get here too, kind of. You know, he, he lost by a knockout to Andy Ruiz back in June of 2019. That was one of the biggest upsets in heavyweight boxing history. If you don't remember, go back and uh, check the highlights of the film, of the match, uh, read recaps and reviews. That was uh, an upset that nobody saw coming, myself included. Uh. Now, he dominated a rematch with Ruiz six months later in December 2019 to regain three of the world title belts, which are the same world title belts that he lost, uh, you know, nine months later, ten months later, to Usyk and their first meeting back in June of last year. Now, uh... Try to think because it's really hard to do this now because I'm looking at notes that I wrote down Tuesday night on paper and I'm sitting here in my office, my home office here with my uh, work computer open and then I'm looking at post fight stuff so kind of bouncing my eyes back and forth around. So forgive me for there's not been a whole lot of organ there won't be, I should say, a whole lot of organization on this episode, but you know, it is what it is. Um, coming into this fight. Usyk was ranked number 1 by The Ring magazine. You know, he's 35 years old. Anthony Joshua was ranked number 2 by The Ring magazine. He's 32 years old. Uh, coming into this fight, Anthony Joshua was 24 and 2 with 22 knockouts. Usyk was 19 and 10 with 13 knockouts. So if you on paper on paper it appears Anthony Joshua was the better fighter. Uh, if I take myself back to September of last year, if I were to put money on this, which I haven't ga- I haven't gambled on DraftKings, uh, FanDuel Sports, or uh, I don't even know if Bovada still exists. I used to use Bovada book a lot, 2013, 14, 15, 16, I used Bovada more than anything. I don't even know if they're still out there. Uh, if I take myself back to uh, 11 months ago for the initial Usyk joshua fight, if I'd been putting money down on that fight, I'd have put money down on Anthony Joshua. Because on paper, he appears to be the safer option, the better athlete. As we've learned through all of us, through many things in life, some things don't turn out as good as they look on paper. Like, that's, you know... Um Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Stupid computer. Now, I'm looking at these notes like I said that I had made Tuesday night in the in the hotel room. They're right here handwritten down. Uh if you went back to last week, there was not a lot of people at all who gave Joshua any chance at all to win this match and regain the championship. And this was this was a this was a very important fight for Anthony Joshua because had he beat Usyk, had he regained the WBA, WBO and IBF titles and the vacant ring championship, this would have been his third the beginning of his third reign as a world champion in professional boxing. Joshua is a hell of a talent. He's a hell of a fighter. He's a hell of an athlete. He can get it done inside the ring. He's a smart boxer. But there was nobody that gave him a chance in this fight whatsoever. You know, and, and that was funny because... Uh... Your opinions sometimes change as you get closer to stuff versus where you're at um versus where you're at in an earlier time frame. I know that sounds fucked up. What I mean is when we first started talking a lot more boxing on this podcast and I started giving boxing news in the mini episodes and was doing boxing recaps and everything, I was like all in on uh Joshua winning in a rematch. I thought it, you know, no offense to Usyk, I thought it was, uh, and I love Usyk, but I thought it was a it was a one time deal. That was my mindset back in March, April. As we've got closer in recent months, uh, I I kind of changed my mindset, but with and especially in the last three or four months, I I had changed my mindset more to uh, this was going to be a closely decided contest. But I gave a little bit of a mental edge to Anthony Joshua. Now, why would I do that? Joshua had lost to Usyk eleven months prior. Why would I give him the mental edge? Well, it's it's simple. Usyk has spent so much of his time when he should have been in training camp in his native country of Ukraine. What the fuck's going on in the world right now that we all that's on the news every day? This Russian invasion, this war with Ukraine. Usyk was in his home country. Helping to fight off Russians. This is a professional boxer. This is a world's heavyweight champion. Across three of boxing's governing four bodies. Like, where's your mindset at? You're all about, you know, home country patriotism. You should be in training camp. So I'm like, I'm giving a little bit of that mental edge to job, and it, it still didn't matter. You know. Uh, and of course, Anthony Joshua—he uh, signed with a douchebag. I—I'm sorry. I, Eddie Hearn is the biggest. Like, I—I I, I mean, I, I don't know why I hate Eddie Hearn so much. I'm sure he's an. I'm sure maybe to the people close to him, he's a great guy. I just think he's a smug, arrogant, egotistical prick. He's—he's he, he's a great guy. He—he's a boxing promoter. At the end of the day, I say this in almost every episode or try to work it in. Sports is a business, sports is also entertainment. You have to sell pay per views, you have to sell merchandise, you have to sell tickets. Hearn's a showman. And he, I I don't know why I hate him, but anyways, we don't. Joshua has signed with Eddie Hearn's Matchroom Boxing. That's his promoter. And I might, I mean, you know. I think Hearn's a douchebag, but he's the best promoter in boxing. He's the, I mean, hands down, he's he's the best fucking promoter in the world. So when you got a guy like that backing you, um the money situation coming into this fight. And and here's where Eddie Hearn, you know, here here's where Eddie Hearn is uh he, he's the best in the business. He makes sure his boys get paid. Going into the fight. And I don't think these amounts change. Sometimes there's a minor change. Maybe could happen. I've heard. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was locked in and guaranteed. There was a 50-50 split of the purse. uh, Plus 75 for Anthony Joshua. So he was, you know, for the purse. Now... Anthony Joshua, if you want to know how much he got paid for for fighting in the main event of arguably, in my mind, the third biggest boxing bout of the year of the top five, you know, he was going to make about a total of one hundred and twenty million dollars or so. He was going to get a huge chunk of change from his sponsors. They was going to get a fifty-fifty split of the purse with seventy-five plus for Anthony Joshua. Yusuke was going to get about $75 million. Uh, Actually, I want to fact check that because I wrote these Tuesday night. So hang on just a second. Okay, so I'm going to run through this. I open a new, another tab on my work computer here because uh, like I said, I wrote these notes Tuesday in the hotel room, but uh, I have a couple question marks on my notes, so I want to go back and look. So here, here's, a, here's a breakdown of... Uh, of the meat of the uh, of the money here uh, their first fight I should say back in September of last year uh, AJ pocketed more money than Alexander Yusick uh, he got you know the biggest percent of like 13.6 million while Yusick who won got 4.1 the pay-per-view money which was millions of dollars, was a 60 40 split in favor of Anthony Joshua now going back into this you know Saturday night's fight, the money had changed uh, quite a bit. you know Anthony Joshua was still with all due respect to Usyk, Anthony Joshua was still the bigger name coming into this fight. he was still the the drawing power so even though he had lost their initial bout 11 months ago. So, if the money for this fight, and, and you got to understand, when I say Saudi Arabia blood money, I mean that for a reason because we've all heard, you know, I've, I've mentioned in previous episodes about Live Golf being backed by Saudi Arabia. I've mentioned about WWE doing pay per views over in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So, there, there's a reason for that. Uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia offered a massive purse to get this fight to get this rematch to get a huge fight like this to go down there they paid the base, the base purse was like 150 160 165 million dollars somewhere in that ballpark uh, now this was gonna be a pretty even 50/50 split that's what each fighter got for going to the ring but um, as I said because of all the bonus uh, the the sponsorships that Anthony Joshua has for being the bigger name you know he it's, it's like 120 million dollars uh, now let's see if I got some more money here. Yeah, Usyk got about seventy-five million. Okay, so that's what Usyk was going to make was about seventy-five mil. And that's that crazy to to go into this fight as uh, the defending world champion, defending three-year belts, with the potential to take a fourth belt home? You're fighting a guy that you beat and took titles from eleven months prior. This guy is you know the bigger drawing power he's got he's making more money than you so or do you think maybe that gave you like, a little chip on the shoulder? I don't know now uh the betting lines for going into this fight based out of Vegas um I don't really want to go back and Google these. I mean, I, you know, you can check it out yourself. No offense. I'm just gonna go what I had wrote down Tuesday night. Um, four days before the fight, Yusick was a 200 point favorite. You know, 200 to one bet, 200 to 100. Joshua's coming off at 170. Placed $100, went 170 So he was definitely the underdog in this bout. Even though he was the bigger star, the drawing power, coming off the rematch. And like I said, I uh, was going with Usyk, But I gave a real mental edge to Joshua because of the whole Ukraine. Anthony Joshua was in camp. Like, every day. Like, I believe this dude was in camp for months before he needed to be in camp. Like, athletes always take care of their bodies. But, like, I believe this dude was doing everything. I believe he was coming locked and loaded. He was going to, you know. And Yusik was. I don't know what he was doing. What he was going through in Ukraine. But I know his head wasn't on boxing. So. You know. Uh, obviously I did not watch the fight, um, I didn't buy the pay-per-view, like I said, we got back from Davenport, Iowa, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, and then I picked the kids up Saturday, uh, the pay-per-view started at 12 noon, because it was over in Saudi Arabia, these guys didn't hit the ring till like 5 or 6 o'clock Eastern, I think, uh, I didn't even bother to search to see if I could have found it somewhere for free, you know. Oop, that's taboo, probably shouldn't say that. But, I just, I didn't have time and I want to spend time with the kids, so I did not watch the fight at all. Uh, I've watched recaps on YouTube, uh, I've watched highlights on YouTube, I've read articles. So, uh, I'll go ahead and break it down a little bit here, based off the and I don't have any notes written down, I'm just looking at the computer here. Uh, but obviously, Usyk retained his three heavyweight titles, and then he became the winner of the vacant ring championship uh, in a split decision victory. I personally, uh, in my opinion, and um, I'm, I'm sure there is a lot of people with me in this opinion, or I could be wrong. Um, I did not see a knockout coming in this fight. From either guy, I really, I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there was going to be head hunting, but I didn't see either guy knocking the other out. Uh, and one thing else I want to point out too, because um, I've looked at this shit for weeks, for, for especially the last month. I shouldn't say weeks, probably about the last month. So going back towards the end of July, middle of July, like there was very few. And I mean very few, if any, that had gave Joshua even a chance to win. Boxing, I mean, any sport, not just a team sport, but an individual sport like MMA or boxing, on any given day, anybody can be defeated. On any given day, anybody can win. That's true. You never say never. That is 100% factual. But very few, if any, had Anthony Joshua's hand being raised in this championship bout. And um, I didn't see him winning. Which, he, I mean, he ultimately he didn't. Uh, so, breaking this down here the best I can. I don't really, like I said, I don't really have a format here. Uh, one bout, one judge scored the bout. 115, 113 in favor for Joshua. But this guy was overruled by tallies of 115, 113, and 116 to 112 in favor of Yusick Now Joshua, like I said, he he was the champion in, back in September when the two met in London. Uh Joshua fought a a better fight this time. He did, and you know, he, uh, I I don't think I mentioned this earlier, and I didn't know this, um, I should have, I didn't, and I apologize, I didn't know this till maybe about a month or two ago, that, uh, Joshua had a new trainer, a guy named Robert Garcia, uh, I don't know how long Garcia had been with Joshua, I didn't find this out, like I said, till not very long ago, um. Anyways, I just realized something. And looking at my notes here, I said that uh, I wrote down that Usyk was nineteen and O. But when I looked at my notes, I had a pen mark, and I put nineteen and ten, and that's not right because I'm looking here on the computer and it says Usyk twenty and O, thirteen knockout. So that's that's taboo my part. And I should know better, so... I am stupid. I know a little bit about boxing. I'm not completely stupid. That was a type... That was a... I guess... Wh- what would you call a handwritten typo? A hypo? It was a hypo. 19 and... Oh, it should have been... I don't know. It looks like 19 and 10, but it's clearly 19 I'm a fucking idiot. Anyways, uh... So, John... lost <laughs> trouble. Squirrel! Okay. Um... One thing that uh, I thought was pretty cool about this fight, and like I said, we're going we're gonna to break this down a little bit better, maybe. One thing, I just want to point this out, because I'm, I'm literally flipping between three screens right now of all different breakdowns of the fight, because I didn't put any handwritten notes down, because I had the kids all weekend. Uh, one thing that I thought was pretty cool, and it's an ultimate shine of respect, after the decision was announced, Anthony Joshua grabbed the mic from everybody. And uh, urge the crowd to cheer on Usyk with chants of "Hip hip hooray!" Joshua would get on the mic and say that this guy here is a phenomenal talent. Now, what I say, uh, uh, Usyk, you know, successfully defended the WBA, WBO, and IBF belts with this second straight victory over Joshua. He's also now holding the vacant ring championship. There's one belt. There's four governing bo- four governing bodies in boxing. Okay. There's one heavyweight title belt that's out there that Usyk doesn't have. That's the WBC title. That's all he needs to become the undisputed heavyweight champion, who's holding the WBC belt, the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. Why is this interesting? Because Fury, who fought in what I thought was the fifth biggest fight of the year against Dillian White back in April, uh, Fury has quote-unquote said he's retired. Then he's talked about he's not retired, then he is retired. Yusick wasted no time by grabbing on the mic and saying that I'm sure Tyson Fury is not retired yet. Now, uh, he said, I'm sure, I'm convinced he wants to fight me, and I want to fight him. If I'm not fighting Tyson Fury, I'm not fighting at all. Now, this is interesting because there has been a proposed matchup that's been talked about in a possible proposal of Ole Alexander Usyk Tyson Fury. And, of course, here comes that Saudi blood money, baby. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has arguably entertained this for December, which would ultimately put this as probably surpassing Canelo Triple G. in my mind, and I'm I'm gonna hot take that. I, I should say that I would say this would tie with you know the number one or number two biggest fights of the year if this would go down. One being Canelo Triple G Part Three, and the other one being what I think's been fight of the year and I've loved it from day one, was Katie Taylor and Amanda Soriano and them selling out MSG back in April. Now, like I said, Fury claimed back in April he was retired. Okay? Now, uh, earlier this month, he he's announced he, uh, a comeback, potentially. Then, So, there was talks with a chizra fight. Those flamed out. So then Tyson Fury is now assisted again. He's retired. Uh although Tyson being Tyson and, and for any of you that don't watch boxing or don't know a lot about boxing, to know Tyson Fury is to love Tyson Fury. Like <laughs> I fucking love Tyson Fury uh he's a hell of an athlete he's a huge pro wrestling fan uh shout out yeah tyson fury but he posted a video on his instagram after u6 victory on saturday and he said i will annihilate both of them on the same night get your fucking checkbook because the gypsy king is here to stay forever now, Fury is fi- uh, is, uh, fights for top rank. And top rank's chairman, Bob Arum, told Mark Kriegel from ESPN that he believes the purse split should be 50-50. said, it won't be a hard fight to make. I spoke to your U6 manager to congratulate him. We should be able to put it together. The only question is where to put it. So now we are potentially on a collision course. And I tell you what, this thing's going to do numbers. Now, I don't want to get off track. We're supposed to be recapping the use of Joshua. But this thing's going to do numbers. It's going to do good numbers. Honestly. Um, if it happens. Now, like I said, Tyson Fury is still kind of... I mean, he says one thing and then he says another thing. Do I think it's going to happen? I think it could because at the end of the day, what have I always said? At the end of the day, sports is a business. If there's money to be made, it's going to be made. You take these rich bastards, these professional athletes who are who've made more money than we than any of the next 13 generations of our family could see or spend. And they're still greedy for more and they'll come out. Do I think this could happen? I fucking definitely think this is could happen. So you know, so you know, like I said, Usyk was spent a lot of time uh, in Ukraine. He joined a defense. He joined a defense battalion. Anyways, I lost my train of thought there. So you know, he he was with the. Territory Defense Battalion when Russia invaded Ukraine back in February. Eventually, he did leave Ukraine uh, and went to Dubai. So, to try... Anyways, um, listen. Lost my train of thought here. So, uh, you know, Yusuk did the, did the whole you know, countryman spiel, which is a good thing, I don't believe it was a spiel, I believe it was legit, he said, I'm motivated by the people of my country, who are struggling hard for our dependence, uh, and he did a cool thing, which I don't know why, the country's so war torn, but, uh, anybody back home, was able to view the fight, free on air, so that was cool, and, you know, whole bunch of, uh, stuff, let's break down the fight a little bit here now, finally, uh, So, let me go over here. Okay. Now, one thing I noticed from the recaps is that uh, Anthony Joshua did come into this fight a little bit different. Like, he had made adjustments. Like, you can tell he definitely, definitely had studied the tape of his first fight from a year prior. Uh, he he did some things like um, he was fighting a little bit lower of a stance this year compared to last year, uh, which really you could tell kind of pissed off Usyk because he just he couldn't get in the same shots to to really get the ball rolling and get everything going to start. So it made Usyk change his game plan to match the game plan change too. So as you got to about round five, maybe round four, uh, from what I can tell from the highlights and reading the recaps here, that's when uh, OU decided to change some things up to get at Joshua. Um, he began to just circle him more, and he would fire off comments more combinations. Basically trying to get more punches landed and and touch him more than just trying to like wear him down with with any shot, so in response to Yusick making that game plan switch in the middle of the fight, Joshua then became fucked up. he kind of started uh Doing the same shit he did in the first fight, which was be chasing Alexander Usyk around the ring, and just and you know chasing punches, trying to match him, and would just swing just for the fences. These wild haymakers and combinations that would just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, so to speak. But it wasn't all bad because Joshua would make some more adjustments during the fight. And he would start driving a lot of his offense towards the body of Alexander Usyk, uh, and I mean he fed. I mean Usyk probably had a full belly because he ate a steady diet of hooks and upper cups and jabs to the, to the body that slowed him down, and then it opened up his head for a shot. Well, one of the highlights of the fight was uh, I think it was round eight, nine, ten, round nine probably round nine or ten. So, uh, you can find it on the YouTube, you know, just get in there, Yusick Joshua 2. There's hashtags all over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Yusek Joshua 2. You'll find them. Uh, in round nine, Anthony Joshua beat the fuck out of Yusick, I mean, all over the ring. And he stunned him. And I believe if there was ever going to be a chance that we could have got, like, a TKO here, like a stoppage, this was it, because that round, Joshua beat the fuck out of him. I mean, but true to Usyk being the champion, the son of a bitch never left his feet. Never left his feet. And in fact, in the following rounds, he fought more like a champion should. He upped his output, he started tagging Joshua with heavy shots, and I mean heavy shots. There were some where you're watching the, if if you're watching the fight live, you're definitely like, oh shit, I'm watching, you know, the video fight recap, you know, Sunday morning at 7.30 on YouTube going, oh fuck, oh fuck, you know, like, so, Joshua's lower stance would then just kind of go away. And he began to stand up straight and fight and change, and uh, he got slow legs. Yusuk took over, and in the final three rounds, say for instance this fight was pretty even through every round, after the round nine fight, it went to Joshua. Well, then, baby, them last three rounds, 10, 11, 12, it all switched to Josh or uh, Usyk. had they all been even matched. Because the final three rounds, Usyk looked like a champion. And then, of course, you know, I gave you the results of the scorecard. Uh, as far as what happens here for Anthony Joshua, I don't know, but I'm not worried about it. He's still one of the best, he's still one of the, to me, He's still one of the top five in the heavyweight division, and definitely top ten, top twenty-five worldwide, pound for pound. He, He's—he's—I don't know where he goes from here. There will not, in my mind, and I know every time I've recapped these uh, these big boxing bouts of the year, I always talk about rematch potential. I don't think we see a Usyk Joshua three. There's no need for it. Usyk's already 2-0 on him. But if there is, it's all about the money. That's what it is. I don't purposely see it. Uh, where where Joshua goes for from here, I mean, he, he's got the... He might be a douchebag. But he's got the number one promoter in all of boxing fighting for him. So... You know, the sky's the limit. As far as usage goes, we'll wait and see how this Tyson Fury thing turns out. Um, do I think this is gonna happen, in my opinion? And I'm and I'm I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong a lot about a lot of shit. I'm even wrong on sports. The one thing I'm not usually wrong about is professional wrestling and sometimes boxing. And uh, in my opinion, this is going to go down. Because there's going to be serious money. And if Saudi Arabia lands this fight, you got to understand how much blood money is there. How much money the kingdom of Saudi Arabia has to throw at a purse like this to get people into this fucking arena, this fucking stadium, for a fight like this. They'll make their money back. I think it's going to happen. You're going to have to. you holding three of the governing bodies' belts. He only needs the fourth belt to be an undisputed champion. And that's being held by the heavyweight god the last few years, Tyson Fury. Like, I think it's going to happen. They'd be an idiot not to. Uh, let's break down of of the uh, of the fight here. So, Usyk threw seven hundred and twelve punches. He landed only a hundred and seventy. That's good for twenty four percent. Joshua was more conservative. He threw four hundred ninety two. Landed 124. That's good enough for 25%. Usyk would land 39 jabs. Joshua would land 23. Usyk would throw 397 jabs. Good enough for 10%. While Joshua, like I said, he landed 23 out of 312 jabs for 11%. Power punches thrown. Usyk would throw... 315, land 131, good enough for 42%, while Joshua would land 101 of 280, good enough for 36%. So, and I I just want to go back to this round nine thing here a minute. Uh, it looked a little scary for sick in round nine. What Joshua did in round nine, he threw 67 punches in the ninth round and connected on 28. But you got to close. You got to finish. And he couldn't do it. And I don't think that's a slight on Anthony Joshua as more as it is just a praise and an affirmation of how good Yusuke is so now douchebag himself Eddie Hearn would say uh, what a performance from Music. in the ninth round I ran over and thought we had it I really thought we had it the 10th round was one of the best I'd seen turn Turner fight around what he did in the 10th, 11th, and 12th was incredible, and that was the difference tonight. He's just too good, and there's no shame in losing for Anthony Joshua. So, so that's where we're at there. Um, I just wanted to get out here and do this recap because I've harped like an idiot about boxing all year. I've harped on the five biggest fights of the year. I put this as the third biggest fight of the year. Um, and now we have one left, and potentially two. Now, if we get Usyk and Fury, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not gonna get. I am not gonna bump anything from Triple G Canelo number three. And I'm not bumping anything from Katie Taylor and Amanda Soriano as the second biggest fight of the year. But if this fight goes down in 2022, if we get it in 2022 between Fury and Usyk for the undisputed title, Yusek's coming in defending the WBA, WBO, and IBF, and Tyson comes in putting in the up the uh, WBC, which to me the WBC title is the crowning jewel. Fuck everything else. That's just my opinion. Um, then that's going to tie one or two. And that's going to be a lot of money at stake. It's going to be a lot of pay-per-view buys. That one I will buy. I will purchase that pay-per-view. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So anyways, that's it for the recaps. Um, I guess a couple other things. i touch base on a couple things. I uh, be on the lookout. Kurt and I may do a weeknight episode this week just to get more mileage out. Uh, we've Statistically, we've had a good month this month. Um, we are up to, right now, 114 downloads for the month of August. Last month uh, in July, you guys crushed it as we've had our biggest month ever to date where we had 207 episodes downloaded. Our 207 downloads uh, right now, we're at 114, so we are making good time. We are up a 107% from June 30th, so uh, 11 downloads this month in California. I don't know who you are out there listening in California, but you've really come in to shine for us in the last month or two. Uh, Whoever you are, please reach out to the podcast. We would love to give you a shout out. We would love to know who you are. You can get me at uh, Twitter at the Atkins Asylum. You can get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter at Steel Toes and Scoreboards. We would love to know who you are. We'd love to give you a shout out on the air. Hell, we might even feature you as a call in guest on the episode. Uh, Shout out to Not Your Basic Dad on Twitter. He has become a serious supporter and listener of the podcast. Uh, through our association with um, After Two Beers, which uh, September 10th it's going down two or three weeks from now. Kurt and I are making the drive up to Richmond, Indiana from our little spot nowhere here in Indiana. We've got about a three, four-hour drive. We are going to uh, record two episodes with them. We are going to do an episode with them for their show. They're going to do an episode with us for our show. Seriously looking forward to that. I can't say enough about Dutch and Gibbler. This is a fantastic man and woman. They are funny people. I love their show. They shouted us out on their last couple episodes. Greatly appreciate that. And look forward to that. Uh, Not Your Basic Dad. He has said nothing but good reviews. He messages us frequently. Uh, We are going to do something with him in the future. I'm going to have to talk to Kurt about that. Uh, as far as Kurt and I doing our normal weekend recording, uh, as far as I know, we're still on pace for that Saturday night. I have not picked a topic yet. I need to actually text my co-host. He should be getting home from work here in the next 15 minutes. I miss working with that guy, because we could talk about the podcast all day long at work. Shit, he just worked on the other side of the wall, and I was all over that plan. I put in like 10 miles a day on my feet, no shit, sometimes more, um, and I could just always go up, bounce ideas off of him. But I got to talk to him. I don't know what we're doing this weekend. And uh, I think that's about it. I just, I really want to get out here because it'd be kind of a letdown. I mean, every episode we record is a letdown because me and Kurt are a bunch of idiots. But it would really be a letdown if I didn't say something. I really wanted to do a pre-fight breakdown because I had a whole page full of notes over here and I didn't even go through them. I wrote a whole bunch of shit in my notebook sitting at that little desk in the hotel room. Up in Davenport, Iowa. And uh, work schedule, alcohol, you know, it just didn't get it done. So uh, the Rage on the Red Sea was uh, impressive, at least from the highlights and the recap. uh, Anthony Joshua will bounce back, there's no doubt about that, even though his promoter's a douchebag. When you have the best promoter in boxing, you know, you're going to get paid, you're going to get premier fights. Uh, definitely not championship contention right now. Uh, uh, what happens if they don't make this Tyson Fury, uh, bout happen? I don't know. Uh, said, if I'm not fighting Tyson Fury, I'm not fighting at all. I don't know how much I believe that. And now, a short meditation for this crypto winter. The heck we got going on here? like a mountain. You interrupted my podcast computer. So, uh, yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, I'm going to cut it short tonight. Um, I have plans this evening. So, for uh, Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. Uh, again, we appreciate your support for the podcast. I really do. We're almost up to 1,100 all-time downloads. We're sitting at 1,097 right now. We've had 266 downloads over the last month. We've had 34 downloads in the last week. Uh, It's starting to grow. It's taken me... We started started planning this in April of 2021. We recorded our very first episode in the middle of May of 2021. And it's taken me all that time to really start to build this brand. But it looks like it's slowly starting to uh, take off. I don't know why you guys like to nobody's in the middle of nowhere, two idiots talking sports, hashtag tits, but you guys follow us, and we can't thank you enough for your support, uh, check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.podbean.com forward slash Steel Toes and Scoreboards, or it might be STSL, I can't remember, you'll find it, uh, if you guys want to contribute, you don't have to contribute nothing, if you don't contribute any money, to the podcast that's perfectly fine we just ask that you share the podcast with your friends if you like it if you like the comedic relief of how stupid we are together but uh for Kirk kelly i'm jared atkins and uh hopefully we catch you guys this weekend thank you